Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, this is Dewey Jenkins. When the Navy sent me to Jacksonville, Florida, I sold Salad Master cookware door to door during my free time. One evening, I knocked on the door and met the woman I would marry. She didn't buy any cookware, but I got her phone number. That's how we train at Morris Jenkins. Don't try to make a sale, try to make a friend. Everyone needs a friend who knows how to fix air conditioning and plumbing. I love this podcast, don't you? It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni and Will Bryan, presented by Morris Jenkins. That's right. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. And Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to the show all week. So when your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Kristen here with Will and producer Matt. Will, how's it going? I'm good. It's a little cold. Are you cold? I feel like I say that every week now, but it's true. I, I am cold. It's cold in Charlotte. It is cold in Charlotte, but I'm, I moved from Chicago earlier this year. So I just, this is fine. Yeah, this is an upgrade for you. <laughs> yeah, this is, this works well. I don't know. Yeah, I, Matt, I feel, I feel like you're, you can't handle this at all. Oh, I love like, the this cold. This is just too much. I know. I know. I really? Said, I know. I said a few weeks ago I turned my car air on, my heat on before I got to my car. But I really do love the cold. I like being cold. Um, I like cold movies. Like all my favorite. Some of my favorite movies are all like in the snow. I'm just a big cold guy, but I'm also kind of a baby, so it's fun. <laughs> are, are you? Are you a? Uh, what, what do you call the thing you put on your head when it gets cold? Either a hoodie or a beanie. It's called a toboggan. Kristen. <laughs> No, yeah, it's, no, it's I, knew, not. I knew I, it's I knew not I'd start some stuff up here. I actually um, was having that conversation with with Derek Brown and Yitor Grossmatos. Um, I was doing a last week a, a Thanksgiving kind of like a this or that video of all their favorite foods, and they both walked in wearing the exact same what I would call toboggan, Panthers toboggan. They were you know socially distanced and in different places, and and Derek was saying, "Oh, Yitor, you know you're copying me that kind of thing." And I was like, "What do you guys? Because we got into pecan or pecan in honor of Thanksgiving." And I was like, what do you guys call the thing on your head? And uh, Derek Brown said skullcap. But he was like, but I know I've heard toboggan. And I think I think Etor said beanie or something like that. But I, I truly did not know that there was another word other than toboggan that was used for a, a knit hat like that or whatever you want to call it until um, I moved to Connecticut to start working for ESPN. I think I was like 24. And I said something about a toboggan, and they were like, "That's a sled." I have no idea what you're talking about. It was it blew my mind. I've never heard of an, another word for it. We would have accepted knit cap or beanie, but 
I've never... To me, a beanie is different, though. A toboggan perfectly describes it's got, like, the one roll up at the top, you know, and then you maybe have a a pom-pom. A beanie beanie is something that, like, doesn't cover your ears, in my opinion, or barely covers your ears. Hmm. Like a small one. My head's so big, I I have to get the the big ones. A toboggan. I don't know if... Will, you call it that, right? A toboggan's a sled. Thank you. That's what I'm familiar with. It's. I think it's a very regional (laughs) North Carolina thing. Huh. No, it's a north-south thing. But you just said it's a sled. You're from South Carolina. You know, a toboggan's a sled, not a thing you put on your head. That's wrong. I want people to wait. I just, that's, that's just wrong. I thought I would come around, you know, okay. my, my people, I'm back in North Carolina. I thought I could just go back to using toboggan without getting judged for it. You can if you're sledding down a hill. <laughs> you can. I mean, Why Kristen, not just call gonna, a are sled? Are you going to toboggan down a hill with a toboggan? Yeah, oh my head? gosh. Real original, real original joke. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Why not just, here's the thing. If you're talking about a toboggan, I know exactly what that means in terms of a hat. It's got the little pom-pom on the top. It rolls up one. That's not a beanie or a skull cap, in my opinion. Those are smaller. Just call a sled a sled. Do you need to know what kind of, like, what model sled it is? Like, what's the difference between a toboggan and a regular sled? Like, a, fa- a flat bottom? I'm on I'm on your side with so, that. They should call sleds sleds. Call it a sled. But they shouldn't call beanies toboggans. So here, yeah, here's where I got off on the wrong track when I was quite young. I found out that a toboggan was something you sled down a hill on thanks to Calvin and Hobbes. Like, that's where that's where I got the toboggan term. And then I was foiled later in life. But I, I attribute it all to Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> to me, the difference is a beanie is something that, um, like, a, like, a cool guy would wear. Like, a hipster would wear. You know what I mean? It doesn't cover your ears. It's not for warmth. And a toboggan is, you know that it's for warmth. I guess That's I'm a what hipster. you're grabbing. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're grabbing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But a, a yeah. beanie is, like, for fashion. Tobogganist mm. for warmth, and you cannot change my mind. Although I would love to hear what what uh, what anyone who's listening thinks on on Twitter. Let me know that I'm right at Kristen Balboni. But anyway, it was cold in uh, in Minnesota last Sunday. Although they play in the dome, um, that's my pretty bad transition. But th- there we go <laughs> to uh, to the heartbreaker <laughs> against the Vikings. Thank you. Uh, it's the heartbreaker against the Vikings. Panthers uh, just uh, I couldn't hold on to that lead. Uh, Will it was? I mean. It was tough. Like there's no there's no getting around it. And I, you know, I talked to Coach Rule and he said this one this one's gonna hurt for a little bit. You know, they preach the what's next mentality and everyone took accountability from from the coaching staff to to Teddy to the defenders, you know, for for their part and, and what they felt uh could have gone better, what they each individually could have done better. But um, you know, Matt Rule said that this one's gonna sting for just a little bit and it should and, and we're gonna let it and then we gotta move on. There were there were a number of times in that fourth quarter where it just felt like oh no oh no and part of it was you know watching on TV the going into it you know it just felt like the whole third quarter was just this kind of Jeremy Chin marathon of all the different Jeremy Chin things and then you kind of look up and there's like 14 minutes left and it's like this is a close game or this is a still very like, like this game, game is yeah. not out of reach right yeah this. And then they keep showing the Kirk Cousins fourth quarter stats and how Minnesota is one of the best offenses in the fourth quarter. And it's just, it just, it almost felt like this inevitability about it. I, I mean, the, the, the Panthers, they're a team that, you know, we've, we've said it on this podcast all year, you know, they're so close. They're so close. They've had eight games decided by a touchdown or less out of the, the 12 that they played eight have been decided by a touchdown or less. The problem is they're two and six 
in those eight games now. Mm. And I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, you look at Matt Rule's history, you look at the way that he's built programs, you know, I, I think those could be said for, for both Temple and Baylor. You know, they were close, they were close, and then they started winning those games in years two and three. And But at the same time, you, you want to try to, like, you're right there. Everything in the NFC playoff picture broke Carolina's way if they would have won that game, if they would have been able to get a touchdown there after the, the muffed punt, if they would have been able to uh, get a field goal when it was blocked in the third quarter, you know, it's so many different things, you know, get a stop and two minute warning. There, there's just so many different elements. You're like, man, man, you know, I, I, I want to win now, you know, like yeah. that's great that we're close and we're young and we're getting better, but it's like, you want to win now. Yeah. It's hard. Um, You know, I, I think, Saying it in theory and, and detaching all emotion from it, you go, oh, that's great, you know, considering how young this team is and entirely new coaching staff and um, a lot of new players. Roster turnover was huge. Um, no no OTAs. Like, this this team is playing together for, for the first time, no preseason. Um, and to be that close in that many games is great, but then it's just hard to not put emotion in it and not, you know, feel it every day and and every single week when you get that close it's, it's hard not to feel disappointment even though you and know in your head the, you're like wow that's yeah. that's an accomplishment for this team in theory and, and one of the things that's been asked to both uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule this week previous weeks you know that the media keep trying to come back to is you know do you guys think about how where you could be if you had Christian McCaffrey or, you know, how much do you really miss Christian McCaffrey? Could Christian McCaffrey have been the difference? And one of the things that, that both of those, both Bridgewater and rule have kind of come back to is, you know, obviously Christian McCaffrey is a great player, but you know, we don't want to disrespect Mike Davis. We don't want to disrespect the guys that we have on the field. You know, we're, you know, we have faith and trust in every player that we put out there. You know, if, if someone gets hurt, the next person has to come in and, you know, we're going to have faith in that person too. And, and I get that. And that's very true. But since this is me and this is you and we're, we're on this podcast, like the, the Christian McCaffrey still leads the team in touchdowns. He's only played three games and he has more touchdowns than anyone else in this team. You know, you think of all of the, the opportunities in the red zone, the opportunities in the middle of the field, the things that Christian McCaffrey is, is top three best players in the NFL. And, 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 you know, we're trying to kind of rationalize and say all these different things. Like if you have Christian McCaffrey, this team's a different team. And, and I, I think it's, it can be that simple that if you have your best player, you're better at football, um, you know, and not making excuses, but also putting some real context on it and not just kind of letting that be uh, swept under the rug. Yeah, I, I think it's hard. I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater or Matt Rule can think like that. And I think that they're right, right to answer. Oh, yeah, yeah the, I think exactly. you can't say yeah. what if if you're if you're game planning and you're you're getting from week sure. to week. But yeah, it's a good it's a good thing for fans to remember that we're without you know one of the best players in the NFL and have been for most of the season. Right, and that that changes everything. That changes what you do on offense. That changes you know even what you can do on defense. To to have him out on the field, you know the way that another team responds to you if you have him, um, it, it just it it puts things into a different perspective. And you know hopefully Christian does return. You know, I, I'm I'm not in the camp of, you know, oh, you know, make sure that he's he doesn't play and let, let's just, you know, kind of see where it goes. You know, like I, I want him if he's 100 percent, he's completely healthy. You know, like I, I hope he does play against Denver. You know, we'll, we'll see if that's the case. You know, I mean, no one wants to rush him back, but if he's ready to go, you know, he he knows he's paid to be an NFL football player. He's not just going to sit on the sidelines, um, you know, at an abundance of caution. He's paid to go out there and, and play. 
Um, so I, I, I hope, you know, that he, that he does come back and, and we see him in December. Yeah, I agree. I, we saw him practice in a limited capacity last week. He's he's not the kind of person that you know, I don't think is is going to sit out if they're 100% healthy. I think it's just, is he 100% he- healthy and will he be? You know, he's never been right. injured before um, in his professional career and then dealt with that high ankle sprain and then the shoulder almost immediately after. And, you know, I'm, I don't know enough to know how long something like that takes, the severity of it. Um, so I, you know, we'll see. But I think you're you're right. If he's if he's 100 percent healthy, um, I think he'll be back. Uh, all right. But we got to talk about something that happened in this game. As uh, as tough of a loss as it was, and as disappointing for the team, uh, there was some history that was made. And Will, you mentioned it. Uh, Panthers fans, of course, know what we're talking about. It was those 10 seconds where Jeremy Chin had two fumble recovery touchdowns and made NFL history. It was, I felt like I was like a cartoon that needed to wipe my eyes out. I was like, what just happened? It was awesome. Well, it, everyone was looking back up at the monitor and we we're like, are they just showing a replay? Because it it looked like the exact same play once he got into the end zone. Yeah, well, and it and looks like, all, what? yeah. And, and, and Matt Rule and I talked about it and he was like, yeah, we didn't know if uh, knee was down. Like, was were the refs supposed to stop the clock? So we weren't quite sure. It looked like one of those plays where someone just like runs it back, you know, just to like right. hustle in there. And I, it, it was just awesome. And you're right. It looked exactly the same kind of similar field position. Uh, it was great. It, I think it took a while for it to sink into me. I'm like, oh, that ha- well, the score has actually changed twice now. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it was it was great, and it uh, gave the Panthers uh, an incredible advantage in that game, one that unfortunately they they couldn't hold on to. Um, but you know, in a larger sense, it is uh, so great to watch his development, and and also just like there's not a, a nicer, more humble guy. Uh, he's I just I think I think the world of him as a as a person, as a young man, and it's great to see his development. Uh, really, every single game will. And I think maybe a little bit lost in this Minnesota game among the 10 seconds of, of fame that, that Jeremy had was he had a career high 13 tackles. Like he, it wasn't just those 10 seconds that he kind of, you know, jumped in there and and made a big splash. He was all over the field the entire game making big plays. Um, So I, I, I think that speaks to, I think that speaks even larger to the way that he's continuing to get better every week, continuing to be an impact player, I mean, throughout kind of NFL media and most of the Twitter circles throughout all of that stretch, people are now bringing his name up for defensive rookie of the year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's not when you just look at it's not just an emotional. Oh, man, those two huge plays were kind of like his Heisman moment or whatever. I mean, he has 86 total tackles, which is 16 more than the second uh, the second place rookie. He has three takeaways, so those two fumble recoveries in an interception yep. more than any other rookie. He's got five pass deflections. I mean, this this guy, for for playing the position that he does, he plays safety, he plays outside linebacker, he plays nickel, he plays, you know, he's he's come up to the line, he stood yeah, up at the line, him, he plays we've everywhere. We've seen him c- convert a fourth down special teams play, too. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. He has a, a first you know, first down on a He ran down the ball, team. yeah. Like, he's he's done everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, she absolutely should be in that conversation. He should be at the oh, front so. of that conversation. And, and that, that's something that I, I think is really special for him that, um, you know, like it, I don't, I don't think that those things should be taken away just because of the team's overall record. 
you know, I, I think, you know, really outstanding accomplishment um, ends up being something that, you know, that you can really hang your hat on in years to come, you know, like people, people talk about Julius Peppers and his overall uh, arc of his career accomplishments. And they continue to mention that he was the defensive rookie of the year because he set a record for sacks in 2002. Well, the Panthers were seven and nine in 2002. That yeah. wasn't the Super Bowl year, but I think that speaks to, you know, it speaks to his overall body of work. And I hope that Jeremy can win this, um, you know, so that years down the road, you know, that'll be a big part of, of his career. That's a, that's a great point. I almost think, and of course I'm, bi- <laughs> I'm biased um, since we work for the team, but I almost think it's the way that you're saying that it, it's almost even more impressive because yes, typically you would look at the team's overall success and, and that person's um, contributions to that success but as we all know, this is a very, very young team. So, so he's doing this um, with very little experience and with a lot of guys around him who have the same level of experience. Now, that's not to discount, you know, the veterans, the the Shaq Thompsons, the Trey Bossons. Um, the list goes on. You know, Zach Kerr, who who's, who stripped the ball in order for him to have that touchdown in the first one. But um, there are, there, it's no secret, there are a lot of young players on this team. So the fact that he's stepping up and, and making these huge plays when um, there are a lot of other guys who were also still learning around him, I, th- I think is, is great. And um, I just, he's just so impressive. It's weird to me. It's, is it already weird to you, Will, to think that we, I mean, I know he was considered a steal in the draft and the Panthers traded up for him, but it's just like so obvious how good he is, you know? And, and I mean, that, that comes down to coaching and his, his hard work and no one, no one had heard of him at the draft. I mean, fans I think wise, that, fans wise. That, yeah, I mean, it, it just it goes to show the the level of of you know even in this day of of the internet and twenty four hour um, ESPN and, and college football and all that that you you can be an outstanding NFL prospect and no one's heard of you because you're not at Alabama or Clemson or wherever. You know the the fact that you're at Southern Illinois. And, you know, it, you're, you're off people's radar. I mean, I guarantee that he's, he was off some NFL team's radar just because of that. You know, it, it does, it takes more work. It takes a lot more digging to kind of find out things, you know, just to, to find film sometimes. Um, there, there's still that sort of disparity in what you can do um, coming from a big school versus coming from a small school. But I think that that is hopefully, you know, I, I would love to see you know, more people kind of use that as a context for, hey, you can come to a non-Power uh, 5. You can come to a smaller school and find NFL success. You can come there. You can have a great college experience. You can be, you don't have to be a blue chip prospect out of high school. You can come and develop and get better if you have the right tools, if you have the right mindset. I mean, everyone's already talked about Shaq and Coach and uh, defense coordinator Phil Snow about how Jeremy is a veteran at whatever age, 22, you know, whatever age he is. I mean, he, he acts like he's, oh, he's old, much older he's and given much more that, mature than he is. He's given pregame speeches sometimes to like oh, yeah. position oh, group. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's right. just who he is and it's the way he approaches it. And, you know, Matt Rule called him a, a serious football guy one time when I was talking to him and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the highest compliment that Coach Rule could, mm-hmm. could give a player. Um, but, you know, I have to say one last thing. Um, I had a chance to talk to his mother and him at the same time. It was uh, right before he won um, 
what 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 do you win? The weekly award, Will? Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. So or, so earlier in the season, um, and we had a chance to kind of surprise him. His mom was on the Zoom call. It was right before the Thursday night game, and um, she was just wishing him luck. And it was you know great for for their family in Indiana to to get to see him play on prime time, and it was a big deal for them. And just talking to her about you know when did you know that that this was something that he had in him, um, and and she just said from the age of like I think it was like five, where he's like trying to level up to play in, in different, you know, he wanted to play tackle and there was only flag and it was, you know, for kids who were older than him. And, and she just said, you know, by the time he got to high school and he wasn't that big, um, you know, his his kind of growth spurt and, and physical development came on a little bit later. But she said, you know, I was kind of hoping that, you know, she's working full time and taking him to practices and stuff. She was like, I, you know, I was kind of okay if he was ready to just, you know, uh, relax a little bit. And he's just never had that in him of just... He just pushes it. He works hard all the time. And so I don't think it's any surprise kind of learning more about him. He's always been this way. And and now we see the full payoff. So it's 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 great. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you hope that uh, he continues to play out uh, this, these next four games and, and to really kind of cement that uh, that resume for, for this award. That would be great for him and, and for his mom. Absolutely. All right, you're listening to the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. And Mr. Jenkins told me his plumbers and HC techs secretly wear Panthers jerseys under their uniforms. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. We are going to take a quick break and come back with a very fun and appropriate game for this week. Hi, this is Dewey Jenkins. When the Navy sent me to Jacksonville, Florida, I sold Salad Master cookware door-to-door during my free time. One evening, I knocked on the door and met the woman I would marry. She didn't buy any cookware, but I got her phone number. That's how we train at Morris Jenkins. Don't try to make a sale. Try to make a friend. Everyone needs a friend who knows how to fix air conditioning and plumbing. I love this podcast. Don't you? All right, we are back. It's time for Will's Stat of the Week. Will, what you got for us? 60% of the time, it works every time. Stat of the Week. So this week is the bye week, which we're all very excited about. And did you know that this is actually the latest that Carolina has ever had a bye week? They've never had a bye week this far into December. Uh, This is week 13. So... Uh, this season for all of the difficulties, for all of the things having to go through COVID, having to have a new coaching staff and no off season training. And you get the latest bye week you've ever had in franchise history. Well, I, I knew it was the latest bye week, um, of any team along with the bucks. These are the, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right. The only two teams that have a bye week in week 13 is, uh, Panthers and bucks. And of course this is the last one of the season, but is this like the latest bye week in history they don't usually do week 13 bye weeks right yeah i i think that i i haven't seen it and it could very well have been confirmed and sourced out there i i think it was probably due to trying to stretch things out as much as possible i think so uh, for this year's schedule you know with all the the you know obvious things that they were uh contingencies they were preparing for so yeah i mean they they try to bunch bye weeks up um a little bit more uh compactly into october and november so they were spreading out a little bit, but I mean, yeah, to be the, the one of the two teams to draw the straw, to have to wait all the way till now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they, they could have used a, a, a buy at some point in October, November. So I know that it, 
at one point a few years back when DeMarco Murray was for the Titans, I had him in fantasy football in my league's fantasy football playoff start week 13, and he was on a bye week, oh. and I didn't get to use him. So I'm not sure oh. I'm not sure how common that is. Yeah. I don't think it's common, but I know it has from that before. experience. I know it has happened at least one other time. What a deep cut. Great know, memory right? there. I yeah. Know. Yeah, DeMarco Murray. <laughs> All right. Former fantasy stud. Um, <laughs> in honor of the bye week, I have a super cheesy game, but I've been holding on to this one. Um, what are things you want to say bye to in sports? But That's the game we're going to play. All right. So just things that you're just like, you know what? I could do without it. Will, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, I could do without the football rule that when you fumble through the end zone, it becomes a touchback for the other team. Mm. I mm. think it's the stupidest. Just it's it's horrible. You literally, as a defense, you give up however many yards you're literally inches away from giving up a touchdown and you get bailed out because a guy is trying really hard. Like everywhere else in the field, if the ball goes out of bounds, it stays with the offense where it went out of bounds. I don't know why you can, why not just give it to them back at the one? Like, I don't know. I, I, it just feels, it just feels really uh, like unfair. If you to, take, if- uh, to, yeah. No, I was going to say, if you take that rule away, what do you have to do if the offense fumbles through their own end zone? Is that no longer a safety? How does that work? Because that's kind of the opposite. It's like the antithesis of what you're talking about. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Because, <laughs> I'll let it go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. No, because, I mean, wasn't this relatively recently that this rule came in? It hasn't always been like this, has it? I'm not uh, sure. No. I'm not a Panther, like I'm not Panther rule, stats guy. Yeah, I covered exactly. college last you year. I, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I, I should. I got yeah. one. I got one. Um, not This is my only real rule-based one, and especially with the NFL, but uh, I figured I'd throw this out there, Will, since you're, since you're already um, hot about that rule. Uh, pass interference, spot of the foul. I would love to say bye to that and go to the college rule of 15 yards. Will, your thoughts? So, I don't know how you're going to so feel about if, this. So you just – Chuck the ball if you know if you throw it downfield. Hey, you know he's in the end zone. Let's just tackle him. It'll only be fifteen yards. You know, despite the fact that that's it's 60 not yards normally what happens. A lot of times, it's a call that is could go either way, or you know, isn't pass interference, and then they just you know, or they're they're doing that to get pass interference. Isn't that much more common than someone getting ta- like yeah. being tackled in the end zone? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you're you're right because there definitely are plays where they know the analytics say there's a forty yeah. percent chance that this that this sideline throw is going to result in a pass interference, whether or not it's catchable. And let's just let's just go with it and see what happens. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll and I'll there's and there's that. just the implication that that ball would have been caught, and we also see it when that receiver's not catching that ball. Uh, I don't yeah. care if somebody's you know holding on to them or not. Like that wasn't you know. I just think there's a lot more times where the offense gets rewarded for it and it's become part of the way that you play the game and in, in, in those yeah. situations where you're trying to score, especially. I agree. Maybe you, I don't know how you would do this, but maybe you find a way to make it uh, situational. Maybe if you throw the ball into the end zone, it's a spot foul, but if it's out of the end zone or if it's, well, like it can't a 10, be a spot foul in the end zone. Cause well, then you saying, score, all the like it's half the distance to the goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if it's in the end zone, you get the ball to two. If it's not in the end yeah. zone, maybe it's a 15 yard. Pass. I don't have the answers. <laughs> Much like Will didn't have for his, but I just you want results. Yeah, I want. I want to say goodbye to it. That's what this is. That's the point of the game. I'm gonna say goodbye.
Uh, mine, my first one is I really get annoyed over the nonstop, and it's like it's continuing, it's compounding and eating itself online, but it's the nonstop comparison to everything. Like Joe Burrow never did anything, and they're comparing him, and then Mac Jones is five games into the season, and they're yeah. already throwing up graphics where they're next to each other, and they're on pace, and it's why do we have to compare everything? Why can't we just appreciate Mac Jones and the season he's having. Why is it, oh, if it's not the greatest season ever, if it's not Joe Burrow from last year, it's not good. We need to, I don't know. I find that very annoying. I, I just, I'm tired of the nonstop comparison and he's the greatest of all time. Everybody's the GOAT. It's like, it, the reason why it's the GOAT is because one person's the GOAT. Yeah. It's not everybody's the GOAT. Yeah, the, yeah, the LeBron, the LeBron Jordan stuff, I was, I've been over that for years. And, you know, that got brought up this year during the finals. Like, enough. Like, I, you know, it's annoying. They're uh, both great. Cha- Chamberlain, just... Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell played in different eras and they were still great for who I mean, I yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't like any of that. Yeah, it's just a it's just a circle. Like there's no no matter what side you come down on it, whether it's the the different eras or everyone having their there's no resolution because we just can't there's no right answer and everyone's gonna have their own opinion. Um and it just never goes away. All right. Well, what do you want to say bye to? Um, all right, I have I have two half ones, so I'll go quickly on the first one because yeah, now that now mean? that I just start two thinking about ones. well, I well because I started thinking about rules and now I like realize all the rules that I hate and I don't have time to go through all of them. <laughs> so here's the quick one: is the is like the offsetting penalties when one penalty is like extremely egregious and the yeah. other is like yes. a five yard. You know, it, it's just like no, you literally ripped the guy's head off and you got ejected, but the other team had a holding call on the left tackle, so they offset and let's replay the down. Like what? Like, no, these aren't. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So that was my half one. My other one is I think that the NFL should be more like college and suspend some of their uh, number rules. Like I want to see more defensive tackles wearing six because I think that's the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Or a running back wearing the number five. That would be awesome. Yeah. I like that. That's a good exactly, one. Exactly. Exactly. Because, and then it becomes this whole other drama of, you know, what new veteran yeah. uh, wide receiver or defensive tackle is going to pay, you know, the punter for number three, yep. you know, like it, yep. it, it's It could get all sorts of interesting in terms of who's trying to get other numbers and number drama. I, I just think it'd be fun. Yeah. I like it. Let's, let's have some fun with it. I agree with that one for sure. All right. Um, I want to say bye to late start times. I lived on the, I lived on the West Coast. I lived in LA for three years, and let me tell you what: a Sunday, just as a fan, a Sunday um, where football started at ten. Now, for us, that'd be tough. I'm not saying I want to move a game up to to ten, a one o'clock start up to ten, but just like you got finished at a decent time if you were watching Sunday night football or Monday night football, and you're like, all right, it's eight thirty. I feel great. I just, I'm too tired to stay up until 11. For, I'm always just kind of like drifting at the end of the fourth quarter, like waking up and like, oh my gosh, what, what happened? I just, I'm in, uh, I'm an old lady and I would love it if things just started a little bit earlier, like primetime, 820. I just, just a little bit, like a 645 I would take. 630. What about, what about 340 on a Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that early enough for you? I mean, it's in the afternoon. We're getting it. Like, <laughs> it's a it's things are happening this year, but I don't know. I just uh, in general, I just think like I just get tired. I get tired. 
I don't know. I get it. I know it's all the West Coast. I know why <laughs> I it happens. You. I feel you. But uh, if I were in bed a little bit earlier, I wouldn't, you know. If only you lived like two time zones away, you'd be in your, your dream scenario. Well, that's the thing. It's like I did, and it doesn't affect me as much anymore because we're working the games. But I, that's why I said that it's awesome. Like living on the West Coast and having a, a Sunday full of football where you're just hanging out is the best. Okay. All right. Um, what else we got? Any any other ones that we want to say bye to? My biggest thing is I hate when people talk about this team is tanking or this team's going to tank. That doesn't happen. Teams don't tank. All these players have incentives on their contracts and they want to win. They don't want to go out and get blanked. I find that annoying that, that oh, he's tanking for Tua or tanking for Trevor. Teams don't really tank. I just don't really buy into that. And I find it annoying that every single year now it's a new hashtag of tank for Tua or tank for Trevor. I just find that incredibly annoying yeah my my last one is actually it's not quite that but it's a similar thing which is uh the cliches of like they just wanted it more if i never hear they just wanted it more i will i will be fine <laughs> there's it's similar to what that's, you're just saying of uh, players aren't going to go out there and intentionally lose again that's a long that's an incredibly long season to f- to just not try it's just not possible and that's how i feel like I, I think very rarely does a team go out there and has practiced all week especially at this level um, and you know, they're, they're making money, they're game planning, they're working out, practicing, and they go out there and they're like, you know what? I don't, I don't want this as much. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to give minimal effort. And what? then, and then I'm going to go back into the building on Monday and watch this film. I just don't want it as much. Why would the backup left guard who's fighting for a spot on a roster care whether or not the Miami Dolphins have the number yeah. one pick or the number four pick? He there's doesn't a, care. There's a lot of things that, that can go wrong, and there's, you know, if, if a, a team is playing poorly, there's plenty of reasons, and, and those should be discussed. But I don't think it's ever that, as you said, they're tanking for for them. They may not even be on the team next exactly. year, and that they're going out there, and they just they just don't really want it as much. I just, oh, that one gets me. All right, here's my last one, and this is way out in left field. Oh, all right. Um, after this week and after watching some of the Maui Invitational from beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. I I, I want to say goodbye to Bill Walton. Like, I know it's a West Coast thing and everyone on the West Coast is used to him and loves him. But then when he's actually calling a game of a team that you care about and it's not just you know, fun and you actually want to like watch the game and listening to what's going on. Like it gets, it's too much, way too much. He is. Yeah. He is uh, an acquired taste. That's for sure. Um, I just want to tack one on and then we'll move along. But if you're talking about college basketball, I want to say bye to possession arrows. Why are we taking turns? I don't understand. Like why, why do you just get a turn? Um, that's all I have guys. This was fun. I feel like we got some things off our chests. Like it just felt good. All right. Um, the Panthers will be taking on the Broncos in a couple of weeks, and if the Panthers get a third down stop in the third quarter during a home game, which the Broncos game is at home, one lucky fan will win a smart home smoke and carbon monoxide detector through the Morris Jenkins Protect and Check sweepstakes. If the Panthers get a fourth down stop in the fourth quarter, that same fan will also be going home with a $1,500 gift card. Be sure to check out contest.panthers.com for more details on how you can enter. All right, we're going to close it out with our Weird Question of the Week. Weird Question of the Week. You're weird. You're a weird guy. Producer Matt's got this one. Yeah, so we recorded yesterday for Jordan and Jake, and Jordan was Wow, on... what a, first of all, name dropper. <laughs> a 
Just kidding. Uh, we're only it's a best podcast friends. We talk <laughs> yeah. every week. It's no big deal. Um, yeah, so we did an episode yesterday where Jordan talked about his most recent vacation for Thanksgiving, and him and his family rented a place, and they watched a bunch of movies, uh, movies that he said he wanted to show his kids um, so that they grew up knowing about things. And then he said something about how Jake didn't know anything about movies. So I thought... Well, it'd be a good idea. What are three movies that you would want to show your children? I don't believe any of us have children, but I could be wrong. Yeah, well, um, Matt, you've done this for a while now. It's, uh, <laughs> no. I think you're, you're fair to say, like, yeah, no, well, none of us have kids. I don't want to assume. Maybe Will has, like, a mystery child or something. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but what are three movies wow. that you would want to show your future uh, future children? How Can I ask one question? How old would these children be? You can decide when they watch each movie. So, like, I have some movies that maybe are for younger children, and then I have movies that are, like, maybe for, like, a 12-year-old or okay. something like that. I mean, I just picked movies that I liked. I didn't, like, <laughs> I just picked movies that I'm like, this movie is great, not that I'm trying to teach anyone anything. Um, so I'll start off with, um, since we're almost in the holidays, a Christmas Story. I it, That does have an historical, you mm-hmm. know, obviously before our time, but um, I just, I, I love it. I love the whole 50s vibe of it, the Red Rider BB gun. It just feels like Christmas to me. I will watch it on, we, I own it, um, and our family's always owned it, but I will totally watch it on TBS with the commercials during the 24-hour marathon, even though I could easily just turn it on with no commercials. <laughs> That's just how much, it just has that nostalgia for me. Um, and such a big part of like our family's holidays that I would hope that that tradition continues. Uh, the other two are, again, just movies that I like. I would definitely show my kids Mean Girls uh, when they get old enough, because I think it's an incredible movie. Um and Bridesmaids when they get a lot older. Just because, again, those are just movies that I love, and I think they're great, and um, I think they're incredible women-driven comedies that are laugh-out-loud funny, and I'm just trying to hang with my future kids one day and be like, you got to watch this. This is hilarious. So that's that's how I went. I, I didn't pull any, like, you know. Mean Girls is a good one. Mean Girls is incredible. That's a great movie. Yeah. Super underrated and overrated at the same time, but it's exactly really, Exactly. It's perfect. All right, Will. Will, what are yours? Um, I would start the, the younger age. I do remember the Titans. Um, that was almost just because I, it's a great one. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. You know, from a football perspective, from a historical perspective. Yeah. Just from, you know, I, I obviously it it kind of boils some things down to a more digestible, but it's still a great movie. Um, so I'll go with remember the Titans. Can I say one Um, thing? I'm torn. Can I say yeah. one thing? I my favorite quote from that movie, and I feel like I feel like I want to say it all the time is "attitude reflects leadership, Captain." Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Where he's like, "Oh, you got a bad yeah. attitude," oh, and yeah. he's like, "Attitude reflects leadership, Captain." I just I love that line. I feel like it applies in so many things, like good or bad. And I never know. I'm like, are people gonna get this if I say this? So I had to. I had my oh, one yeah. shot. Yeah, you could you could say any line from that movie, and I feel like people should get it. Anyone? Yeah, any and that's on, and you know what? And that's on them if they don't. So. All right, continue yep, your list. Absolutely. Um, this one is I was shown by my brother-in-law um, when I was like 12, and he said you had to watch it, and I completely didn't get it. And I'm glad that I had to watch it because I've gotten it since. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Never seen it. <sighs> Sorry. Sigh. This would be a great discussion so that funny. you have with your future kids it's one so day. You know, they're going to be like, what's that? It's so funny. So it, it, I I don't so, think I've so ever hard seen it. To make, really? Like not all the way through. Yeah. I know like all the funny moments. My cousin was super into it and showed him to me ad nauseum. But I I don't think I've ever watched from start to finish that movie. All right, maybe we need I mean, to both watch. It's fine. It. You can you can watch all of it in like the five minute YouTube segments because they really are kind of like like mini mini just scenes and there's not that much that really like ties it all together. Gotcha. It's just scenes that are hilarious. Um, so I I would go with that just because I think. 
out of all comedy, you know, comedy can get stale over decades and cultures and time. I still think it's funny. Um, and then finally, when they get old enough to uh, be able to go actually to these sort of movies, um, despite the cursing in it, I would say Goodwill Hunting. Um, great movie. Just because yeah. I think that's an incredible movie. That's a great list. So I had trouble narrowing mine to three, but I think these three movies are like going to be my rite of passage movies for my children. And that is Jurassic Park, not any of the other ones, just the first one. That yeah. is, that movie is just jaw dropping when you're a kid to see a T-Rex eat a car. And like, it's just, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So that one's definitely up there. Happy Gilmore when they're oh, appropriate. That is probably my favorite movie. And I just, <laughs> I love that movie. So I don't think I will be able to not show my children that movie. And then the number one, it's kind of three movies, so it's kind of cheating, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy, mm. that's like yeah. a must for, yep. you know, a young, uh, you know, 12, 13 year old kid of mine. So those are my three. But I wanted to put Jaws and Finding Nemo in there. But those are good. Yeah. Those Jaws good. is just scary when you're a kid. I remember watching that. Now I'm like still afraid of sharks because of them. <laughs> I watched it not too long ago. I mean, well, it was long enough ago that everyone could be together, the, like a group of friends outside. And it just, it held that, yeah, it held that like fear of the ocean thing in my mind from being young. And then I watched it, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you can just enjoy this because this <laughs> shark is not, uh, uh, you know, incredible for the it's time. It's a giant robot. <laughs> yes, but it's very clearly a giant robot. It's a, uh, if you haven't gone to, if you haven't seen that in, recently, I would, I would recommend, it's like Matt said, it's because it's just, it's, it's enjoyable. I mean, it's scary, but it's it's a more enjoyable than I remembered it being. So it's more silly as you get older than it is. <laughs> Guys, this was this was so much fun. What a nice way to spend a bye week. Will, have you warmed up from the beginning yet at all? I have because I went and I got my beanie, so <laughs> now I'm beanied out. That's completely unacceptable. We've gone full circle. No, it's a toboggan. All right, we're leaving it here. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Half Hour podcast. We'll see you next week. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 